0: this episode of how to wrestling is brought to you by our lovely backers over at patreon.com forward slash how to wrestling and hey if you like the show you can support us and get access to over 50 exclusive episodes as well as our how to revisited series by becoming just a five dollar backer now
1: kevin let's get flippy with it i demand flips flip-de-doos and doody flips and I want them now.
0: Okay, could I perchance interest you in an awesome new wrestling mobile game instead? It's called The Muscle Hustle, and it's available for free on Google Play and the App Store now. And
1: as the best things in life are free, you can get a free gift from your best podcast pals by putting in the code 205 live to get a special gift in-game. No weight limits for this
0: one, folks. And hey, if you are an independent creator or wrestling brand and you want to get a shout-out on the show, send us an old email to HowToWrestling at gmail.com
1: But for now, let's dive in and enjoy our new episode It's How To 05 Live!
0: Greetings, friends, and welcome to another episode of How To Wrestling, the world's first podcast detailing how to wrestling, how to get into wrestling, how to understand wrestling, and goodness knows maybe even how to enjoy wrestling and stop all that talk and jive. This episode's about 205 Live. Hello, everyone, once again. It's me, Cowboy Kevin Mahan, weighing in at a trim 204 here today, hopefully, so I can make the, the weight requirements. Joined as I am always in this guide through the world of wrestling by my better half Joe Graham. Hello. How's things Joe?
1: Things so. are very well, thank you.
0: Yeah, you like some hashtag flippity doos
1: I love flip lip I can't get enough.
0: So this seems like it might be an episode right up your alley.
1: I really think so. Full yeah. of hunks and flips.
0: Oh man, hunks and flips, and not just the chocolate-colored pretzels. And this is a massive episode, a huge undertaking, and Joe and I would be lying if we said that we are in any way experts or advocates of this brand of wrestling, So we've reached out transatlantically, intercontinentally to come across one of the biggest proponents and one of the biggest fans and advocates of 205 Live, down under or up under, it's uh, Pasta Sosa, a.k.a. Justine. Hello, welcome to How To Wrestling.
2: Thank you, thank you for allowing me to come into your beautiful home and be sick all over your furniture. Oh,
0: (laughs) it's very, very fine. So uh, Pasta Sosa, for those who don't know, who are you and what are you doing here? The American 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 American
2: The American 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 So, I'm currently on a little excursion around the UK, six weeks, and I guess the reason why I'm here is because we were friends on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Because I like to do fan art of hunks. It's It's do flips. It's true.
0: Who's your favorite hunk to do fan art of?
1: His name is Park, AKA Neville. I don't know if you've heard of him.
2: Yes. Yes, very well. Big,
1: big fans of Neville, AKA Park. Absolutely top hunk. Former 205 Live champion.
2: Former mm. 205
1: two Live alumni, actually. Mm.
0: So uh, it's interesting that he must be, take quite a long time to draw because of all of the details of his sculpted physique. <laughs> it was say, quite a
1: like It takes about an hour. So many of them as well. Like, what I liked
2: about him is that he has such an angular face and such a cloud like body.
1: I like the <laughs> contrast. Cloud like. <laughs> now, interesting you say cloud like. Do you mean because of all, like, each ab is like a lump of the cloud? Yeah, <laughs> it's very bubbly. <laughs> 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 and also somehow incredibly defined and muscular. Yes. So I was going to ask you, Justine, because I know, like me, you are a inverted commas new fan mm-hmm. to wrestling. When did you start watching and what got you into it? So I got into it through an ex-boyfriend.
2: I have had two major boyfriends in my life and both of them liked wrestling and I hated that. I thought wrestling was the stupidest thing on <laughs> earth and we ended up playing a Royal Rumble match on a, I can't remember which one, I think it was superstars or something it was one of the wwe games where it was more of a like stylized version and you could create the character creator was very very good so i made this tiny little man called mermaid who had (laughs) green skin and flashy uh scale gear and we played the royal rumble match and i had decided then that i guess i liked the royal rumble (laughs) (laughs) and then in 2014 we watched the money in the bank ladder match And I decided that I liked Seth because he was cute. Yes, 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 yes. This is the real reason. (laughs) And uh, Seth won and I was very excited that my guy won me being a wrestling fan of all 10 minutes. (laughs) And then six months passed and the Royal Rumble came around. So I was like, you know what? I guess I'm a fan of wrestling now. I like, you know, ladders and I like rumbles. So I decided to watch it. The show started and I was very disappointed that the entire show wasn't the Royal Rumble match and that there was real wrestling that we had to get through prior to the Royal Rumble match. And out comes Seth versus Lesnar and Cena. Oh, that's
0: such a great match. that was a good match.
2: And it was the moment I can pinpoint... The moment where I was like, you know what? Wrestling might not actually be that bad. Which was when Seth did an elbow drop from the turnbuckle all the way onto the announce table. And I I don't know if he actually broke uh, Brock's ribs. But they said that he's broken. Yeah, that's one of
0: wrestling's famous exaggerations. (laughs) Ladders, Rollins and Rumbles. That's how you get into wrestling. That's the easiest way to do it, I reckon. Yeah,
1: Seth Rollins seems to be... For most people, at least, the entry point into wrestling, and <laughs> yeah. especially around 2015. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, The Shield are such an entry point. Yeah, I
0: think. I think so. It was a huge moment for for wrestling. I think it's been an influx of new fans since 2015. Mm-hmm. I think as a result. Yeah. I think we talked about like the influence of Tumblr and The Shield that then mm-hmm. diagram created yeah. a new breed of wrestling yeah. fan. You know.
1: So. Uh, Sadly, there is more to wrestling than just Seth Rollins. So what's kept you watching this long? What's kept you a fan?
2: I couldn't get into Raw or SmackDown. It was too long for a new fan. Mm, Three hours a
0: week is a Mm -hmm. bit much, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: So my ex-boyfriend was like, hey, why don't you watch NXT with me? Yes! (laughs) Sounds familiar? Yes! (laughs) Yes! So we started watching uh, some NXT. I I found it very palatable. I started to understand. I had to explain a lot to me, but I started to get the gist of what wrestling is. And then we watched NXT Rival, and there is a uh, number one contendership match between Finn Balor and Neville, Adrian Neville at the time. Mm-hmm. and uh, out comes Neville and I was like this
1: guy looks like a goblin yes! yeah! <laughs> I think those were my exact words the first time I saw Neville no one word. has
0: done more for the people of Newcastle and <laughs> goblins to refine that image than Neville like he's really done them a service hasn't yeah. he it?
1: and it's great it's one of my favourite things about Neville and honestly I think there should be more of this in wrestling generally is like slightly weird looking guys mm-hmm. I love it it was immediately like oh here's a guy who looks totally different from everyone yes. else on the roster and And also his wrestling is absolutely spectacular.
2: So I know this is going to sound horrible, but (laughs) so Neville comes down, you know, he's looking all ready to do his match. And then he gets in the ring, does he used to do this little like two fingers in the air thing. And then he turns around and goes to the back ropes and does it again. And the way that he's arched his back really protruded his buttocks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it was this moment when I realized all wrestlers have really great asses. That's true. That is a universal, mostly mm. universal
0: truth. It's for bumping if you don't have that lower <laughs> body. It, it is, yeah. yeah it's, the, it's, it's the more pear-shaped the, the derriere is, the mm. further you will go in the world of wrestling, I'm pretty sure.
2: And so I was like, I like this man's behind. (laughs) I'm going to back this man in this match. (laughs) Unfortunately, he didn't win, but that is a sleeper match on the Mm. card, because it kind of gets overshadowed by Kevin destroying the crap out of Sammy at the end of it. Mm. Uh, But that was kind of... That between Seth being like, uh, I think I'm interested... I'm ready to give this a go. Mm. But it was that number one contendership match between Bella and Neville where I decided, yes, I want to invest my time into so, this.
0: So I'm assuming around that time as well, because th- that was a really interesting time where you had like NXT that was, you know, doing a lot more interesting stuff than the main show was. Yes. And that was around the time as well that the network was kicking into full gear and they wanted yeah. to have a lot of new content. So I'm pretty sure it was not long after that then we had the Cruiserweight Classic, which I think is the genesis of. 205 Live, wasn't it? Yes, yeah,
2: so the Cruiserweight Classic was in June of 2016. Mm. So I, I think I'd been a fan at this point for about a year and a half.
0: Were you excited when you heard there was going to be a Cruiserweight tournament?
2: I think I was. I, I think at this point I discovered that I quite preferred the smaller flippy guys mm. compared to the bigger... Ooh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Closer to your OC, mer. What was the name? Mermaid. Mermaid. Yeah.
0: Hey, Who will now be entering our universe mode? It's the only way to do it. Right? I have to
1: say, I'm really disappointed that there hasn't actually been a merman wrestler. I agree. What, um, what is going on?
0: My mind is racking my brain. I'm like, trying to think if there has been any sort of semi-aquatic wrestler. He's got to be or...
1: sexy, though, because you can't have, like, a freaky fish guy. Okay, know? well, then that, uh, that was the only thing I was going to yeah, suggest. Exactly. Sure, <laughs> if it ever had happened, they'd make it weird.
0: There's been a lot of hideous fish monsters in wrestling at points, so unfortunately a... no sexy ones.
1: Sexy mermaids. <laughs> sexy mermaids. I think
2: Tyler Breeze could do a kind of, like, he's yes. actually a secret mermaid. Yes. Like, if, yeah. if water hits him, he turns into a mermaid. That was so great.
1: He hates water. <laughs>
0: Someone who used to do a splash with uh, Tyler Breeze in the main <laughs> role, needs to happen. So, 205 Live, if you could give us a little bit of a part of history, because I think the tournament came, and people yeah. got very excited, and we had all they these names, it. yeah, like all these names who came from around the world, like we had... Uh, you know, like TJ Perkins, and uh, Tajiri, like
2: Ibushi, Old
0: and New from all across the world. It was a really global mm. effort.
2: Oh, Zack Sabre Jr. was God, there. yeah, I
0: forgot. With yeah. yeah. his infamous uh, Harry Potter is not the only wizard from England. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's Ron and Hermione too. But um, I was wondering, like, were you fiending for a Cruiserweight brand then when this... Cruiserweight Classic was going, down. Do you think it would happen?
2: Well, I know I've kind of created my brand as, like, the 205 line. Or well, someone called me the Cruiserweight Mum <laughs> on, on Tumblr for a question, and I was like, I am taking that, so... Uh, it wasn't self-proclaimed, I am proud to say, but the, I really enjoyed the Cruiserweight Classic. I was very excited for it, and... I loved the storytelling in it. There was a great kind of back and forth between Daniel Bryan and Bryan Kendrick's character. Yeah, that, the emotion was very, yeah. very, very, very real in that. I thought yeah. it was very well done. And then they announced 205. And just because I had enjoyed... At this point, this was even before Neville was on it. Neville was mm. injured at this point when the yeah. Cruiserweight Classic happened. So I knew that he, if he had been healthy, he probably would have been part of it. Which mm. is why I wanted to support it, because I guess supporting Cruiserweights then in turn supports Neville in some He way. was kind of,
0: yeah, he was spitting his wheels a little bit at the time. They weren't yeah. really sure what to do with yes. Neville. It was sad. He actually yeah.
2: came back for about two months,
1: and it was just, as a face, and mm. it was terrible. <laughs> no one was cheering for him. He sadly can't be a face. He is, like, just such a natural heel. It's when so he true. went through that transformation of becoming, like, changing from Adrian Neville to Neville, where he came back. Mighty Mouse Neville. Have, yes, absolutely and he suddenly have had like 40 million abs and like cheekbones chiseled by god himself <laughs> And just like, I've, I've never seen such a transformation, such a glow oh, up. Oh, Neil Neville, yet, the, yeah. the king
2: of the cruiserweights. Yeah.
1: It's like,
0: nice to finally have a, a male wrestler who becomes sexier by becoming evil. It's yeah. such a, usually a female trope in wrestling. <laughs> like. But it was
1: just like the fact that he, because like, no offense to Neville, I loved him, but he was a bit crap on the mic at NXT. He was a bit boring. Mm. And then he did this whole rebrand thing and he comes back and it's just like, what the fuck is going Wow. Who is this evil king of the North who's suddenly like channeled through him? It's amazing.
2: I used to kind of fan book a heel turn. I, I came up with about five different ways that they could have done a heel turn with Neville, and I never expected them to actually do it because you know there's always a saying that if a guy is too flippy, there's there's no way, way anyone would boo them. Yeah,
0: I remember like I used to watch TNA back here you know, like 2004 where they had the the X Division, a lot of really flippy guys like Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles, and you'd have the announcers when AJ Styles was meant to be a bad guy, he'd still do the exact same moves, and they announcers would be like, oh look at AJ Styles, oh. Springboard 450, it makes me sick, (laughs) makes me sick. (laughs) The history,
2: I guess, Cruiserweight Classic came and went and then they announced 205 Live and the first 10 episodes are rough. Yeah. So picture this, you've got like 14 guys who have never been part of the WWE product before. They've had about three months training of terms of like the way it should be in WWE. Cuz they didn't they, do the
0: NXT, they didn't put them on NXT. They, they did, yeah. but it
2: was only a few matches, but mm. they weren't in like the actual
0: the Rock performance star. center no. and stuff like that, yeah.
2: And they were, I believe they were in the performance center, but it was a very kind of rushed like yeah. yeah. It's not like someone like Liv Morgan who's been in there for 6 years and then, you know, she gets called up and she's great, but it's like she's had all this practice of mm. exactly what the WWE style is. And so you throw about 14 guys together who have had about two months training of how they should change their indie style into WWE style and it's rough
0: yeah because they were in that unfortunate position as well like because I remember I found it hard to sell it to Joe because Joe's watching wrestling in 2016 and you know the top guys are like Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins and they're doing springboards and dives to the outside it's like well Cruiserweights is different though because they're going to do springboards (laughs) to the yeah and they obviously can't overshadow the main eventers And I remember a huge problem a lot of people had, myself included, was that you look at the Cruiserweight Classic, and there was Kota Ibushi and Zack Sabre Jr. and these big, big names, and they didn't sign. Yes. Which made people think, oh, they thought it was beneath the yeah. almost. Yeah. So, yeah. How did it transition for those first ten episodes?
2: I distinctly remember one of the very first episodes is Drew Gulak says... <laughs> it was. I think it was when they introduced this Alicia Fox character. Ah, yes. And, um, and Drew Gulak... Uh, It's his first, I believe, like on screen promo in 205 ever is after the match he's like panting, he's like oh, they're like, oh, how do you feel about your match? He's like Oh, it's ridiculous, women don't belong in the ring and then there's this <laughs> awkward pause and then he just walks off Oh God! <laughs> it's bad and I can understand why a lot of people saw these first 10 episodes and they said well this is crap, why would I continue mm-hmm. to stick around and watch this? Because
0: mm, the Cruiserweight Classic, I remember everyone saying it was like one of the most watched things on the yeah. network yeah, and funny. then they'd release the top 10s of every month and 205 didn't break the top Top ten like yeah. at all. So a lot of people, myself and Joe included, we kind of slept on it. I yeah. mean, why why do did we didn't check it out that much?
1: I think like as you said, like With NXT, it is really difficult to have a differentiator between between the two shows because you've got similar kind of booking and similar wrestling styles in some respects, but it's just like, I think for me it was the fact that the crowd just was not into any of the 205 matches at all, and that's just like, it's such a bummer when you've got wrestlers who are so talented and they're putting their all into it, and they know and you know that this is their chance to get over, and the crowd aren't really in a position to even give them that opportunity.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was wondering if you could tell us, what's the fucking deal with the cranes then?
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, for some reason, they decided to put 205 Live on after SmackDown. But when you buy SmackDown tickets, it doesn't actually advertise (gasps) 205 Live. It's just, you think you're going to SmackDown, you sit there, and oh, get this also, before SmackDown, they're also filming like either main event or Superstar. Yeah, yeah. so you've seen a lot already. So you've already seen about three hours of wrestling, and then yeah. you've got 205 Live on at the end of it as well, and they just
1: expect people to just continue being into it. Why mm. on earth wouldn't they advertise it? Because it seems to me, maybe I'm just totally naive, that it would be a simple case of like advertising it on social media, putting out some posters, some banners, just talking about it a little bit, Ever.
0: it like, ha- It's happened, exact thing has happened before. In like 2008 or something, when they had ECW as a third brand, mm. they tacked it on at the end of SmackDown and people were like, well, we've just seen Randy Orton and The Undertaker and everyone and now you want us to cheer for the guys who aren't even on the ticker or even in the flyers or the, the program. And they were also on Raw at the same time as well. They're yes. not anymore. So they were doing Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, just-
2: so they were doing Raw <laughs> matches as well. At the beginning, they had two Cruiserweight, very small like, Four or five minute Cruiserweight matches on Raw. And then they would have like one promo, I think, to go watch 205 Live. And then on SmackDown, they would have a very kind of basic cookie cutter promo where they put one of them in front of a TV that said had the 205 Live logo and they're like, I'm gonna be wrestling. To Zauer in the next hour, so make sure you come along and watch us on the WWE Network. Well, that
0: rhymes, so I'm checking that out, and out of here. You guys can do the rest of this yourselves.
2: It was just very poorly thought out, and I, you know, I look back at it now, and I'm, I'm not sure what they were
0: thinking. Yeah, I think they, they just thought, well, this cruiserweight classic has got traction; people like that, mm. so they want more of it. So we will give it to them, and it should figure itself out if they're as good as they say they are. I guess I don't know. They just, Hmm.
1: nothing works like that in reality though you have yeah. to put money behind stuff or at least like tell people about
0: it yeah with WWE it is very obvious when they're not putting their full yeah. like Mixed yeah. Match Challenge season 2 is it, you know, we're in 2018 moments? Yeah. yeah when they decide that you know what we're doing it but it's more of a commitment than it's worth yeah. you can yeah. always tell yeah you can you can always tell so we've ragged on it a lot I feel so I want you to try and sell <laughs> sell us on it a bit why, why should people check out 205 Life? What is it? what does it go what's it spend? Special sauce.
2: Well, I'm a stickler for the underdog, always. <laughs> and not just the underdog. It's like the underdog that WWE has presented in their storyline. I'm always thinking about, I love Neville because I feel like him as a person is an underdog. Mm. And that's why I want to back someone like that. So after, obviously, I think, I can't remember the episode, but Neville comes along in maybe like episode eight, I believe. Mm. And the, I would have dropped 205 Live as well, if not for Neville. Because I knew that if I supported this program, I then in turn support Neville and Neville's success. And Mm -hmm. he honestly was doing... Like, he shocked me how good he was Mm -hmm. when he came back as a heel. And once you kind of get past that, like, 10-episode, 15-episode... Kind of threshold, it actually starts to get really good because you actually see the very clear evolution of all of the guys understanding their character, understanding how to work in WWE, and they did something that wasn't at the time. I think Raw and SmackDown were just struggling. I think I think I believe SmackDown was quite good at the time, but Raw was struggling mm. with the character development, but. 205 Live always had very, very clear character development and I was enjoying the story aspect of it even more than the wrestling, which was already very good. And But there, it was, genuinely was a struggle. There was just this stigma at that point where no one watches it, it's crap, they should just cancel it, mm. there's no point that this exists. And it was frustrating to constantly have to
1: fight against that. Yeah. I kind of feel they didn't really help matters with 205 Live by by putting Enzo Amore on it.
0: Yeah, you you talked about Neville there, that was like must-see TV. Yeah. yeah. The the passing of the torch was Neville to Enzo Amore. It was like
1: so disappointing on every single level. Mm. I I guess Vince thought that
2: because Enzo had, I mean, he was still very over when he used to come out. Everyone was doing the catchphrase. Mm. Yeah, no, he had
0: a lot of a lot of fans, definitely. Yeah. So
2: I think I guess they thought putting Enzo. Well, I don't want to say down, but I guess moving him across. <laughs> <laughs> it's parallel. It's fine. <laughs> to 205 Live. Because at the time, I think they were focusing a lot more on characters and storyline. And the characters and storyline were very good. Like, for example, uh, there was this friendship between Drew and Tony, which was very, very, uh, I think, very engaging, where they were kind of best friends. And it was almost it, it borderlined on homoerotic, where they kind of almost loved each other. Did
0: they tap each other lovingly and knowingly on the bottom? Because that's, that's racism to a T in, in WWE. Like, Is it? Yeah, Steve Austin and Brian Pillman, friendly taps on the bottom. Um, Undisputed Era, constant yeah. taps on the bottom. Like,
2: I guess. Friendly I can't remember taps they did. on the bottom. I just remember this, this one match where Tony's in the ring and Drew was on commentary and I think Tony did a move and he was like showing off at Drew and Drew like points him and he's like I love you man Aww. and he's like
0: that
1: guy's so great that Tony <laughs> positive masculinity
0: so with Enzo and obviously all the stuff that happened with Enzo uh, we've we've talked about that at length on our patron uh, reviews Joe and I but with Enzo leaving is that kind of the point where there was almost like a rethink almost a reset of 205 yeah. at the start of this year where if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but did Triple H kind of take the reins instead of Vince and we got a bit of a shakeup?
2: That was what was reported. Right. I don't know if that's true, mm. um, but that's what was reported and it kind of changed. It was that rumor alone that changed perception immediately because yeah. then it was like, oh, you know, Triple H is the one who's doing NXT and NXT is so much better than Raw at the time. So, you know, suddenly 205 lives better. But honestly, aside from Enzo, every, nothing changed.
0: Right, because I remember everyone said, you gotta check out this episode. And I watched it and I go, well that's much better than 205. And I actually realized, I don't think I'd ever watched a full episode before. <laughs> so yeah, it's easy to say it's an improvement when you're nothing to compare yeah. it with. What's
2: really interesting about Enzo is, this is when Mustafa went from being this kind of like, behind the scene, or the minor character to a, I guess a front runner. He, during this Enzo period of time, and this is also when I believe no, he had he started doing the I can't remember exactly when Mustafa started doing the he started producing his own promos that was a big like point in time where people's opinions also started to change about 205 Live as well because they started to realise that these guys are putting in so much more effort mm. yes, that, than everyone
0: else what I had heard was that the early, you know this is again you, you say it's only reported and there was like a Vince period and then a Triple H, H period yeah. and the Vince period it was he saw a bunch of a bunch of crews away so everyone needed a wacky storyline or a yeah. character or a gimmick and then Triple H said no everyone should be wrestlers and that's how we went from having say drew gulak talking about powerpoint to drew gulak talking about breaking people with submission holes
2: but honestly drew gulak talking about powerpoints was he got so over i love that yeah he should have taken he should have been champion at that time honestly and he was the only reason why the product was actually good during the enzo period which Mm. i call the dark ages (laughs) Because it very much felt like that. There were actually some episodes... At the time, I was very staunch about how good it, uh, 205 Live was and how everyone should be watching. And there were there were moments, especially with Mustafa and Drew, where they were kind of keeping it alive. But there were some episodes where I just could not watch oh. because Enzo was just so... All over it, yeah. it, was It did honestly feel like the Enzo show. Mm. And it, it kind of... Uh, the reasons why he left, I'm very glad that he's not with the product anymore and he'll never be there ever ever again oh don't
0: time stamp this episode that badly (laughs) you know anything can happen in the WWE well I
1: think after his little stint yeah I think we're safe alleged
0: abusers show crashers anything can happen (laughs) in the WWE I'm actually
1: really glad he did that stupid (laughs) idiot man she ruined everything and I'm so glad me too I never want to see you again
0: it does feel like we have you here on the, the docket like in defense of 205 but a lot of high profile names have left that brand obviously Enzo for his own reasons but when someone like Neville or Austin Aries Mm -hmm. leaves is it as fans might assume because I don't want to be on this show that no one watches or cares about or or is it other reasons like is there that stigma that it's a demotion to be there
2: well for that it's actually true in Austin Aries oh really yeah that's Austin did not want to be part of that's Department. so typical. I am not
1: surprised. <laughs> I always got the feeling with Neville that he didn't really care so long as he could make it what he wanted it to be. Mm. Like he always seemed to put in like one hundred and ten percent in everything he did. Is would you say that's the case? It, we honestly don't know with
2: Neville. He's never talked about it. He I mean, will at some point. I'm he will sure, at some yeah. point, and it's really interesting. I remember so Jack Gallagher does a two or five live Q and A after every episode on his Instagram stories and one week this was the week after Neville had returned at Dragon Gate they were like are you happy to see that Parks back aka Neville for anyone who gets confused about that I understand it's very confusing when wrestlers change names constantly (laughs) thanks a lot
0: guys
2: (laughs) (laughs) he said I'm happy to see him back or it's like he says something like, I hope he comes clean about why he left, which made me think that, you know, like, why Why did he leave? Like, Where are the bodies buried? Yeah, what <laughs> is the real truth? So I don't want to assume why mm-hmm. Neville left. Uh, all the reports say is because he was unhappy with how Enzo was booked and how yeah. Enzo was booked over him, but we don't actually know until he yeah tells us.
0: It's, not, it's not sad when someone leaves, when there's like all these kind of very compelling stories, you can kind of just imagine that would happen because it's hard to really know really what the real reason is. I'm a huge yeah. fan of
2: Mustafa Ali and I feel like Neville and Mustafa had just so much chemistry. They had about three matches together and they're all fantastic. Yeah, it's unfortunate that it's going to be a very, very, very long time until we ever see Neville and Mustafa cross paths. No, oh,
0: that is a shame.
1: That is, it's a real pity. So who would you say are the top names people should be looking out for now in 205 Live? If I was to turn it on and give it a watch, what main names should I be keeping an eye open for? So definitely Buddy Murphy, Mustafa Ali. Buddy Murphy isn't he the guy from NXT who was really boring? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Blake Correct. and Murphy. Yeah, <laughs> Joe used to have an
0: awful old rag on Blake and Murphy, like because. They were like, such a vehicle for Alexa Bliss and not yes. much else. I honestly
1: thought he was one of the Forgotten Sons so until like, <laughs> well, until you arrived, basically. Like, oh yeah, no, he's actually on 205, he? And, it? It and turns- he has massive pecs now. now. <laughs> yeah, no, it,
0: unfortunately, uh, he, he's not forgotten to work out. Like The Forgotten no. Sons have just become forgotten entirely, I guess.
1: He's the star of the tag team. Yeah. We had a conversation the other day that we decided that each tag team has a forgotten son and a star. <laughs>
0: and- for instance, if we have TM61 or The Mighty, Nick Miller, who's been... Released. He's uh he's obviously the star. Too big for the show, and the one left behind, <laughs> Shane Thorne He's a forgotten, forgotten son. Oh, yeah. Stovic mm, star, star Tucker Knight. Forgotten
1: son.
0: Yeah. What about Chad know? and Jordan? Oh, I mean, Jordan has literally been forgotten about, and yeah. he's Kurt Angle's son. So, and people have—he you know, can be oh, like, "Oh my yeah, God!" Exactly. Maybe the forgotten sons have all actually just got dad issues, and they're like, "Where is my dad?" You know? Maybe they're
2: all Kurt Angle's yes. sons. Yeah,
0: He's got a—he's got a babe in every town in America, like you know. What about Genghis Khan? Yeah, I think I can see the resemblance between. Um, it, Steve Cutler and the <laughs> Craddle, and I that's it. Nice save there, I think everyone knows I know. I know my Forgotten Sons.
2: <laughs> so yeah, Mustafa Ali, definitely. Jack Gallagher. And Jack Gallagher,
0: who's Jack Gallagher for those who maybe don't know?
2: He is a British uh, technical wrestler, mm. submission
1: specialist. He has oh. a, an umbrella. He used to, not no Oh, more. he doesn't have it anymore. No. Okay.
0: And if you want to know more about who he is, listen to our How To Regal episode with Matt Ricardo. It's basically him, if he was a wrestler. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To the point of near copyright infringement, but not exact.
2: I mentioned uh, Drew Gulak and Tony Nese before. Mm. They're mm. both really, really great talents. Uh, Akira Tozawa, which oh, is oh, one yes. of the kind of Japanese expats. who's come over. Him. He's great. He does this, ah, ah. ah Ah. Ah. <laughs> ah. gets the crowd into it also Hideo Itami which oh. is quite sad what's happened with Hideo every time he gets a little bit of momentum he's injured himself in some way and it's then so I don't
0: understand that he came from I remember seeing him as Kenta back in the day oh, in yeah. Japan and being like he scared at how deal. hard hitting yeah. he was and how hard he would be his and like, is it is it the case on 205 again? Because I've stopped following his career since NXT. Has he been injured since again?
2: He came into 205 Live and there was... I think he did something... No, no, no. He didn't injure himself. He injured someone else. Oh. He I think he clocked... Kendrick quite badly and Kendrick had to take some time off and ever since yes. then, Hideo's kind of push has just been completely condensed oh, so. Is that,
0: How about that youngster, uh, TJ Perkins the young man, is he still around? <laughs> the
2: the young boy is like uh, 35 years yeah. old You know, what? I
0: see those millennials like TJ Perkins and it just really brings my blood to a boil You'll never own a home, TJ Perkins Go eat some avocado quinoa
2: Dab on your avocado Yeah <laughs>
0: Now, here's a genuine question. We're going to get into some, obviously, matches, some of the the kind of choice cuts that you've picked out for us here to get into 205 Live. But I'm watching NXT every week with Joe, and we've got a lot of faves, many of which would fit into the 205 weight class. Yes. Names like maybe Ricochet or Pete Dunne and whatnot. Should I be worried if they're going to go to 205 Live? Or is that a happy place at the moment?
2: I think you should be most worried if they're going to Raw, be <laughs> Yes, true. Well, I mean, it worked for Buddy Murphy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a nobody in NXT and he came into 205 Live and now he's a big star. He's a champion currently yeah. as we record this. I think it really depends if you enjoy watching the show or not on a regular basis because mm-hmm. it sucks for, I mean, I don't catch up with Raw or Smackdown as much as I do anymore. And then it was very exciting to see that Mustafa Ali had recently on the last Smackdown, as we were recording this, had a match, just a one-off match with Daniel Bryan. Yeah, that's really exciting. (laughs) Which was completely bizarre because this is the first time any 205 character has been on Smackdown since the brand split
0: crossing the streams there like mm. the different fanfics won't be able to handle this I'm pretty sure and like.
2: for me to, and then I was thinking oh no what if Mustafa goes to Smackdown because then I have to watch Smackdown no.
0: oh no <laughs> you'll become well acquainted with Randy Orton
1: Oh, really my favourite it's <laughs> not about being worried about any star being signed to 205 Live it's about 205 Live stars being signed to any of the main shows <laughs> maybe you must avoid at
2: all costs. So the Lucha House Party who I forgot to mention before, so that's Lince Dorado, Callisto, and Gran Metalik, and now for some reason less on 205 Live and now are a mainstable tag team. Yeah, they're yeah. raw, yeah. And they have a very, every time they have a Lucha House Party feud, it always feels a bit racist. Yeah, piñatas yeah. are
0: not a good look. We no. did an episode on Vince Russo a while ago which featured piñata on a pole matches. Yeah. So I think the, the further away from, unless the Lucha House Party are going to sit down and do a Let's Play Viva pinata yeah. other than that I think they should be kept far away from pinatas if at all possible yeah. you know, to, unless we conjure up any more Russo memories shall we get into some matches? Let's do it! So we had um, a bit of a think with Justine about some mm-hmm. matches that would maybe give fans an overview of some of the highlights of not just the recent but maybe some of the stuff in the past as well because there is some gold in them earlier yes. episodes still If there are any matches here which we've not gone through, I think we might put up a list of uh, extended viewing on the website, com. So yeah, this is not necessarily all of the great matches
2: There's far too many (laughs) to be honest, it's for the most part, any episode that you turn on will have a really kind of like three, four star match, mm. oh no, especially the main event. These days, the main events, ever since the beginning of 2018, the main event is always a good time.
0: Hmm. Am I right in thinking that Drake Maverick, who is also the manager of the tag team, The Authors of Pain, is the general manager of TL5 Live? Yes,
2: and that was actually his first role, and wow. then he took on the side job.
0: So that's 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 his side hustle. Is managing that's the L.P. Correct. So
1: yeah. Weird. I'm trying to like imagine if like William Regal was suddenly in a tag team where he had to like I don't know manage a team. Oh, and piss himself! Don't or something.
0: be making dream contests like William Regal <laughs> and Piss go together like hand <laughs> Actually, in hand. You yeah, know that joke. I
1: take that. <laughs> that would be awesome.
0: I have to ask you this question because it would involve me watching a lot of two or five live that I won't have time to do. Have they crossed the stream, so to speak? Has the piss storyline from Raw with Drake Maverick? Entered into the canon of 205 Live
2: only in a quip from I believe it was Arya Davari.
0: Did he attempt to piss off or something? Something like that. <laughs> okay, all right.
2: but uh, no, they they kind of. It's quite funny, the, the cruiserweights do give Drake a bit of shit for his Monday day job. Oh really? Are <laughs> yeah.
0: Aikam and Razor like his bodyguards on, on two hundred and five. No, they're
2: not there. They That's should That's a real
0: waste. I want a one episode to be guest booked by Razor and he just comes out screaming in his language. And be like, <laughs> Okay, we got to book those matches, you know, the big man wants us. Yeah, they
2: always kind of give him crap. They're like, oh, whatever you were doing on Monday or whatever. And then Drake Ooh. just had, kind of has to deal with that.
1: That's so weird. I was wondering if maybe it was going to be like an alternate reality Drake and he just never accepts the fact that, what do you mean? I didn't yeah. Earth 1 or... is Raw,
0: Earth 2 is 205 Live. <laughs> that Live. would be <laughs> better. <obviously. laughs> so, we're looking at some 205 Live. Our first match comes from episode number 33. Cedric Alexander taking on Noam Dar. Now, Noam Dar is someone who's a, an indie darling here in the United Kingdom. Uh, made a name for himself in progress. And Cedric Alexander, if I recall, he like got his job from you know the Cruiseway Classic. He performed so well and his yes. story was so touching. People literally chanted, sign, sign him. him. Yeah. 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 And then what Triple H happened. came out with a lawyer. It's like, okay, we'll do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> How did this match come to be?
2: Okay, so one of the very, very first storylines on 205 Live ever was this weird love triangle between Alicia Fox and Noém Dar and Cedric Alexander and I think what they thought was if they bring in Alicia Fox it would give people a reason to watch because I guess she was a mainstream star and she was trying to prop up these kind
1: of indie darlings that were coming so in. so weird though because like she didn't wrestle or anything did she? No. no. She's in the corner
0: like screaming. <laughs> I remember
1: at the time when we weren't watching 205 and Kevin you asked me what would get me watching and I was like well maybe if they moved across a big star that I'm a big fan of. I love Alicia Fox and I'm a big fan of hers but like her being on that show and then not wrestling isn't going to make it's me want to watch bizarre. it. It's bizarre and Oh, there was just, like... uh, Originally, I think
2: she was Cedric's girlfriend. Yeah. And they had very little chemistry together.
0: Because they were just faces together. It's like, you know, two beautiful people. (laughs) Who wants to fucking see that? You know? come on.
2: And then Noam did this thing where, when he said her name, it was like Alicia Fox. And then after, like, that kind of went a bit viral, I think, within the the WWE community because
0: many had never heard of Scotland before yes correct uh, so and, and I had lived in Glasgow for a year I was like what's the fucking deal like you know <laughs> I went to a conference once where there was an hour talk about urban foxes in Glasgow and I was like what's the big deal like it's totally normal <laughs> they did this as well Then they tried to put Nia Jax with Enzo did you hear that very oh, brief no, that almost so- happened Whoa. that
2: almost happened and then everything went wrong for Enzo but yes this <laughs> I quit match this was like this love triangle storyline had been going on for something like months it was like 3 or 4 months and it was awful it was oh it was just so bad and i can understand if anyone had tuned in for 205 live and they're seeing this bullshit of course they would have um, tuned down. Was it awful
0: because cringy story bad promos or awful because boring matches or I mean, a mix
2: of everything? it was bit sexist and the matches were I guess they were okay and uh, oh, it was it was all very bad. But the payoff match. Actually one thing about 205 Live especially back in the early days is they had a very clear formula where it's they would have this kind of back-and-forth match Matches between two people who are feuding. And then the payoff match would be some kind of stipulation. Right, okay. So, for example, Drew and Mustafa had a two out of three falls match. Kendrick and Tazawa had a street fight. Jack and Arya Divari had a... Oh, it was some kind of, like, gentleman's... <laughs> Jack did something. He had to eat loads on. of gentleman's relish and see yeah. he did the most. Yummy! There was some gentleman's
0: British stipulation.
2: But, yeah, so... There... Queensbury
0: rules! <gasps> if, if it wasn't, they missed a trick. Yeah.
2: And so, yeah, then they had this I Quit match. And at the time, it was very interesting re-watching it just before because... I noticed that at the time, that was for me the best match on 205 Live that they'd ever had, and it was my favorite match from 2017 for the whole year. And nowadays, they let them do so much more. Mm. Like I thought it was a very it was a good match, but it was very simple, and I I was I I think in my mind there was more to it.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, I was really impressed by this. I think an I quit match is like easily one of the most difficult concepts to pull off in wrestling because and they were up against it here with this crowd who yeah. really oh, like the when they're quiet did. and you're hearing some going eh, no yeah <laughs> you know
1: the screams were echoing across the room which is never a good sound the crowd has always been the true heel yes yes. Lives. Yes.
2: yes
0: and that's my fantasy booking idea <laughs> we're, we're doing an episode on Mick Foley recently and Mick had a character in ECW where he thought the fans were disrespectful and driving the wrestlers in ECW to take higher and higher chances and and hurt themselves. Yeah. So he th- said, you know, you guys are the real villains of the piece. You control this show and you pull our strings. I want someone to be like that with 205. Like, mm-hmm. you have men in agony in this ring. Yeah. And their, their cries of pain ring on your deaf ears. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a bit different now, though, because now 205 Live is taped ahead of time. Ah. And they tape it before SmackDown. Oh, that's so much better.
1: Because yes. it used that. to run
0: live after SmackDown. It used
2: to, it's, uh, yeah. Now it's 205 Live in brackets.
0: Plus taped. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah they, they can add in like a little bit of they can sweeten up that audio a little bit you know mm. which it's here it's just so obvious that the fans are not invested and I don't know yeah. why because Alicia Fox has called Cedric Alexander and I quote a loser a loser with two, two L's, L's. L- Ouch. loser Ouch oh man I was going to say Joe is this your first I quit match but obviously you have no. some experience
1: yeah I sadly have seen the John Cena versus The Miz I quit match
0: that reset the standard didn't it <sighs>
1: So is this better or worse? This is better. Great. Unsurprisingly, a lot better. (laughs) My favourite part of this match is actually
2: the ending because this was the first time we really saw Cedric show so much aggression. Mm. He
0: screams a lot though, doesn't he?
2: He does scream a lot. He's got kind of two levels. He's got talking and then screaming. (laughs) But he gets a chair and wrenches oh Noam's God. arm oh, underneath it and he kind of he kind of gets down really Ugh. feral in his face and he's like he's like it's uh I can't remember what he says
0: so but it have it your way yeah then? yeah Fine.
2: something like or just give up or something and then uh Noam slaps him have it your way and then just slams on the chair over and over and over like, and it was stomps on it it's oh,
0: horrible that's a great finish for an I quit oh, match, yeah. where <laughs> someone is like oh I I have to quit not because I'm a coward, because I will die. Although yeah, <laughs> yeah. now
1: you pointed out that Cedric Alexander goes through somewhat of a character shift in this match. Yes, yeah. <sighs> like he starts off kind of like as a face, and then towards the end you have him stomping on Noam's hand, and you do feel so much sympathy. It looks disgusting. Yeah, but then what happens after this?
2: Cedric just remains a face. This is I've always had a, an issue with Cedric's character. I think mm. they could do so much more with him, and he's not the best promo guy. That's not his fault.
0: It's such a re- like a relatable story. I wanted to ask you a very important question about 205 Live, Justine. At the end of every other match, a little ninja pops into screen, <laughs> taunting me with his ninja eyes. <laughs> Who is this ninja? And what's his fucking problem?
2: He's the Cruiserweight Classic Ninja.
0: And what's he doing on 205?
2: It's just... It's always been there. He's always (laughs) been... He was... If you go back and watch the Cruiserweight Classic, he's the little man who comes up and, and kicks the logo when it appears... It appears.
0: Whenever when it was being released, I thought they put the belt on him because they knew he wouldn't go. Like you know, CG him into the well, ring. It was vacant
2: like. for a point in time, so I think maybe the ninja was holding it.
1: I hate the it ninja. I'm gonna say now. Don't like it.
2: He's still in the. He's mm. still in the. Um... Because he comes in and does like this roundhouse kick and then kicks the 205 Live logo out. He thinks extreme.
0: he's better than the brand. <laughs> what
1: a ninja. What has professional wrestling got to do with ninjas? Like at all. Nothing. Nothing. It's because the the cruiserweights supposed to be small and fast and kicky. So I just think ninjas, it's, it seems clearly. racist. It's just like you can only be fast and flippy and small if you're a ninja. A ninjas a, ninja's is a very,
0: itself. you know, it's not a very, it's not a broad term, ninja. No. You know, we're we're talking, we've narrowed down very a very specific, specific part of like, you know, it's like if you had a shogun there or something like that as well. Like, you <laughs> know, <laughs> it's it's hilarious. A, yeah,
2: I've never thought about that before ever. <laughs> I've never thought about the ninja. It's just he's just always been there. Well, <laughs>
0: I want it to be on mass. I want to find out who it is. Yeah. Like, who you is know, ninja? it's me. Two oh five. (laughs) (laughs)
2: maybe it's Daniel Bryan the entire time oh man
0: (laughs) so I wanted to talk a little bit I mean Noam has made you quit by his arm being smashed into this chair over and over again and I love that the the crowd in spite of itself can't help but end up getting on board Mm, a little bit at the end but the best thing about this match for me was this horrid promo from Noam Dar (laughs) at the end his character is like kind of like a I'm not sure if it still is now because I'm watching NXT UK and he's come back from injury and he seems to have like reinvented himself a little bit but his character here seems to be scummy wrestler that you found out is much more of a creep than you thought he already was yeah.
1: <laughs> I really loved creepy Noam Dar as a heel I always thought he was so funny because
0: he's all jacked now and you're like no I yeah. preferred him when he was this yeah, kind of I weird did. little guy
1: I did I'm sorry but that's my opinion I don't think everyone needs millions of abs <laughs> yeah you like
0: soft serve Noam Dar instead you know easier yeah. to chew
1: <laughs> well that's why he had a girl in every
2: city he Yeah, said. yeah, every <laughs> continent
0: and he then tells the Alicia Fox that he may have quacked the match but now he quacks you
2: and Alicia's acting in this is yes. oh, phenomenal. She cries real
1: tears. Yeah. Incredible.
0: She's been, I think, the longest tenured yeah. woman in WWE. I think maybe Natalie came a year after her or, a, or the did same she? year. really? Natalya came in like 2007. I remember Alicia Fox came in roughly around the same time. Whoa. And one, I remember there's loads of times where they did a big call of the, at the time, divas. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Alicia Fox was always you know, left to one side and never released. Mm. And people always like, you know, she didn't... She wasn't always this good, let's just say. And, you know, it was hard to flourish as a woman in 2008, I yeah. guess. But there was always the persistent rumour was that, that one of the producers... Thought she had this like real star quality, I totally and they think, wanted yeah. to keep her. I think it's like Kevin Dunn or someone like that. It's like no, Alicia Fox has got to stay. Mm. And then randomly in 2013, she did this amazing run, yeah. and ever since she's been fabulous. Yeah. <laughs>
1: There's something very special about Alicia Fox. That I agree. I can't put my finger on, but she's like just so unique.
0: Yeah, I think one of the reasons Vince wanted her on 205 Live is that she's taller than now I'm Dark. <laughs> I think he <laughs> finds that very funny.
2: Yeah, that sounds
0: like Vince. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, did you give a star rating for this I, I Quit match?
1: I liked this match a lot. It was certainly better than the John Cena-Miz I Quit match. Um, I gave it three stars. Hey. I, I liked it a lot, yeah.
0: The crowd, did that affect your enjoyment of it? It did affect
1: my enjoyment of it, sadly. I was trying not let it too much affect my enjoyment of it but just sometimes it's just not possible to ignore the deafening silence mm-hmm.
0: it is very irritating with a crowd when they do that like it's it's thing used to happen like WCW which was a wrestling company in the, the, the 90s that had cruiserweights as well and then they had a similar problem where the, the fans who were going there were going to see names like Hogan and Savage and they didn't expect to see cruiserweights and the cruiserweights were doing these great matches and the fans mm. wouldn't react at all and I I hate that I can't like wrestling Without a bit of fan interaction sometimes. But this match, I think, went above and beyond because yeah. I enjoyed it still, mm-hmm. even though the crowd didn't. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, are we on to our next match, shall we? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so
2: cool. originally we were going to watch the gauntlet match, which mm. I, I maybe will put into your list. Oh, yeah. Website. So it's, a, it's like a whole episode it's long. A, it's a one match is the one episode.
0: Oh, man. So what is it exactly then, this gauntlet? What was it What was it eight of?
2: Oh, I can't even remember why they were doing the gauntlet anymore. I'm going to have to go back and, and have a look because I think it happened early this year sometime. But... Basically, it was. No, it was during the Enzo period. That's Ah. right. It was during the Dark Ages. And I think they were doing. They were trying to figure out who was going to be the next contender. But it was just after Drew Gulak had turned on Tony Nese. And that was a very kind of like shocking moment Mm. because they had been friends and. As I was saying before, they are almost like lovers since the beginning. Golden
0: lovers almost, you could say. <laughs> yeah. Or at least uh, diamond lovers.
2: And for it was for Drew to choose Enzo over and let Enzo get into his head and choose Enzo's side over Tony was very shocking. And then they had this gauntlet match. And during the gauntlet match, I can't remember, I think it's Drew comes out. I think Tony beats... TJP, and then Drew comes out to verse Tony. And it was like, oh, so good. There's so much emotion. Mm. It's a great match. I really recommend it. But unfortunately, we didn't have much time. So I decided on a personal favorite, which is in the first round of the second Cruiserweight Classic-ish, I guess
0: you could call it. Oh, this is the tournament that decided who got a match at WrestleMania, wasn't awesome. yes. ah, it? Because after Enzo
2: was released, there was no champion, and then Drake Maverick came onto the scene, and it was Drake first as like it was his first kind of like call of duty was to set up this tournament match to decide on both brackets who was going to be going and bursting Wrestlemania that's how
0: you get the job as GM you pitch the concept in the interview <laughs> like, come with a powerpoint already made and <laughs> handouts for all of the all the interviewers so this is from episode number 74 where gentleman Jack Gallagher takes on Mustafa Ali now these are two guys who I'm a, I'm a big big fan of mm-hmm. Jack Gallagher though when I was making watching him he was kind of like a cuddly gentleman basically like a British version of my dad in his 20s but he has had a bit of a character shift since then Uh, what's the new character for Jack Gallagher
2: so back in the olden days, Mustafa and Jack were friends. They used to tag team together. They used to be in, uh, they were in multi-man matches together, but they never kind of used to fight too much against each other. It was very clear that, you know, there was there was a respect between them.
0: They're efficient to be shipped, aren't they? Like That's what they're doing <laughs> with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Uh,
2: I mean, I don't want to say anything, but I mean, you know, I could sh- probably ship anyone. From I Mustafa know you
0: were to- game, Ali.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so Kendrick, for some reason, took issue with Jack and started calling him a clown. And there was weeks and weeks and weeks where Kendrick was almost kind of like stalking Jack. And then Ali actually confronts Kendrick and says, you know, this is not on. I'm going to fight you myself to prove to you that you're being an asshole because that's how wrestling works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the week after Jack, for some reason, is suddenly working with Kendrick and he's a bad guy.
0: And he what? started, yeah. He became heel. He started dressing up in a nice suit and tie. And uh...
2: he actually turned heel against Cedric Alexander. He hit him with his. Uh, he, he looked like he was about to hit Kendrick with the William III, the Third, which is his umbrella. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> and turns around and hits Cedric, and no one saw it coming.
0: I was going to say no one reacted. That would have been typical. No, fucking people actually <laughs> reacted to it, but
2: we were just shocked because it's like, why? And they never really explained why. It's just such a shame. Yeah,
0: he didn't spend a period of time. I know that he was he was wrestling, basically like he was in a you know in the, the, the tweed three piece suit, mm. which is a great look for a wrestler. But unfortunately, this is the first match after he's told yes. to quote sort himself out, which is such a thing a teacher would say to people in my <laughs> school. Sort yourself out. That can mean anything from have a shave to wash to clean yourself to brush your teeth. <laughs> he's wearing the most tragic outfit. <laughs>
2: The capri pants. Mm. As in,
0: I apologise that we associated Matt Ricardo with this lack of style and fashion (laughs) that's coming on display here. The fucking loose-fitting... Large logo, velour. It's
1: like vel- it's crushed velvet. It's velvet, crushed yeah. velvet. Oh,
0: no, it's no, not, no. Not, not good in this. It's not, no, no.
1: Oh, velvet never looks good if it doesn't fit well. That's just the sad truth of the matter.
0: He's kind of rattling around a bit in there, mm-hmm. isn't he?
1: Mm-hmm. I think we mentioned before that there was this thing between Vince
2: and Triple H, and so you know Triple H. It's rumored that Triple H has taken over mm. the product suddenly people are interested in it again. Drake Maverick comes along as the new general manager. People are interested in that. And it was, you know, Drake's fault that these velvet pants <laughs>
1: happened.
0: Of course. That's the, you know, it's, it's one man who thinks he's stylish looking and a clearly more stylish man and incorrectly using his authority to make that man less stylish. Because the
2: whole thing was, oh, we're going to be focusing on the wrestling now, not the characters.
0: Oh, that's total bogus. That is I so bad. I hate
1: that so much. Wrestling is about the characters. You I can was. have both. Yeah, what is wrestling without characters? Nothing. It's just boring fighting that's fake. I'm sorry, but that's just how I feel. There was a period of time after WrestleMania that I
2: got a bit scared that they were mm. going to get rid of the characters. It'd be videos. A very dry
0: show, it yeah. Was,
2: it was a bit dry. Um, And it's kind of... Balanced out now.
0: Because, yeah, I heard that it was like... I saw like I love Drew Gulag was one of my favorite characters with the whole the PowerPoint, PowerPoint thing, thing. Yes. I remember like me and Joe the most angry we were on Patreon the last year was when his <laughs> PowerPoint presentation that was advertised advertised mm, yes. on press releases yeah. and tweets and emails and it was not delivered and we did not get a refund for our month <laughs> of the was network i so
1: disappointed
0: but he was given this more of like a cold submission machine yeah. character I'm like no I want to see this guy talk about PowerPoint there's this,
2: there's this promo with Drew that I think I don't think it the WWE promo he just did it and uploaded it himself and he's on this podium backstage I think and he's talking about to make better 205 Live that's his whole thing he believes that uh, the flying and the flippiness is, is dangerous and um, he's just kind of like you know like the sheriff at school that tells you yeah. to like, get yeah. off the monkey bar like that's his character and <laughs> sorry
0: <he's> going... sorry <laughs> sheriff at school is this an Australian thing have you got sheriffs yes going, wait really, really? yes um, and are the, is it students or is it teachers
2: no, it's a teacher. But All right, because if,
0: oh. if you told a kid you're the fucking sheriff, what that's, power that's right to the head? head. <laughs> no, and
2: that's what happened. We had this one teacher who he did teach like history or something, and then I think he was going to be made redundant, but they made him like the sheriff instead. And he used to go around and tell the girls to like do up their top buttons or like unroll oh, their skirts gosh. and wear your blazer before you leave school grounds.
0: Wow, truly the last outlaw, right? Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> fucking <Woo-hoo! out.
1: laughs> the Sheriff is far too good. Cool cooler title to give to any teacher yeah sorry
0: no not not appropriate at all unless you're teaching Wild West Studies and then maybe
2: so this
1: promo and Drew is
2: talking about about 205 Live and then it just pans across to this empty room except for Tony he's got one of those you know like elastic bands and doing um, reps reps on it and then he just looks up and he goes "Uh, where are the cookies you promised
0: (laughs) So, this is a really, really, like... This is a match, I think, that epitomizes a lot of 205 Live, where yes. if you want it and you're invested in it, there are all these layers and all these, like, parts of the story. Because, as you mentioned, there's a large history between these two, which, unfortunately, the commentators don't necessarily pick no, up no, on. they don't. You know, they have these, like, quite a slow start to this. And I think the crowd are... Confused by it. They have this big emotional standoff and there's a mild we want wrestling chance. The
2: reason why the commentators don't know is because uh, the the writers of 205 Live have changed hands so often mm. that these kind of previous relationships of the characters get forgotten about or that it hasn't been written out properly. And also Vic Joseph was a newer commentator at the time. Originally, the commentators on 205 Live was like Byron Saxton, Mauro Ranallo and someone else before Mauro was... Um, kicked off. So yeah, so there's a lot of kind of discrepancies with the original storylines and the commentators that they don't pick up on. And this was also uh, the first singles match between Mustafa Ali and Jack Gallagher ever.
0: Which the crowd thought was appropriate to chant Power Ranger and Rusev Day during. Yes. Yeah, that's really sad. He's obviously a Saiyan, like, I mean,
2: <laughs> <laughs> literally it right.
0: just Saiyan. If like, you're going
2: to be disrespectful, at least be it right. Yeah, yeah
0: don't disrespect two fandoms at once, okay?
2: <laughs> Why Rusev Day?
0: Because <laughs> they just seen SmackDown. That Band. was that was
2: like the CM Punk chant oh, of the day. Right.
0: Yeah, the, the defiant Rusev Day chants. Rusev Day, well, we've already seen him. Come on, like, we don't yeah. want him to come back out again. Like, <laughs> So the match is mostly focused on Jack Gallagher working the arm of Ali. Ali is a, the penultimate underdog. He is always getting yes. the shit knocked out of him. And <laughs> then you get the flurry from him late on in the match always.
2: It's really great to see how many different ways Jack can get the armbar in. There's this one where like it looks like Mustafa's going to reverse something and he gets him in the armbar. Then he also does crossbody later on the match. He gets him in the armbar again. There's one where he... Kicks out and he has his arm up, and then Jack has grabbed the arm yeah. that he's just kicked out of, and then goes for the armbar again. I think Jack Gallagher is a really, it, it, you know what? I feel like he kind of, uh, he's when he cares about a match, he really puts his all into
1: it.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I know he's definitely one of those guys that I think could potentially have a run on a, on the main roster. I think, as opposed to just being on, or just, as opposed to being on two hundred five. I think mm. he's. There's a certain uniqueness about, like, uh, you know, I say this in the United Kingdom, but the fact that he is a very British gentleman, I think yes. that has got mass appeal with an American audience as a heel as well, particularly. And
1: he looks so, so like he's from the United Kingdom yeah. as well. Like he's so pale, and it's fantastic in this as well because like, he's covered in scrapes, <sighs> and you can see all of them. He oh, <laughs> he's God. battered.
0: Yeah, he's a road map at the end of this match. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really horrible moment where Mustafa Ali goes to do like this crazy corkscrew flip and he just completely whiffs it you can tell he's really pissed off because he He slaps them out like he's really annoyed but I don't know, it kind of fell into his lap nicely because his whole arm was being worked over. So until it pointed out to me that it was a mistake, I thought, "Oh, very good there. <laughs> very, there's very... that
2: moment where Mustafa looks like he's going to probably do a crossbody or something and then Jack does his... It was at the time his finish, that running dropkick oh, in yeah! the corner and kicks Mustafa out of the ring and he, hits... he goes all the way from the apron all the way to the barricade and Rawr. hits his arm again. It was a long way.
0: That was so scary because I'm pretty sure, I remember, like, Some there was someone who had took that bump by accident once, and Mm. they got, like, a broken neck from it, like, they were (laughs) fucked up for for real as a result. There are many
2: times where I've thought Mustafa's broken his neck, and he seems to be (laughs) alright,
0: Isn't a brand that has a lot of injury problems? Because I know that, you know, people often make the, uh, kind of, the stereotype of the flippy high-octane wrestlers, and then, therefore, they always get injured.
2: Yeah, no, there hasn't really been an injury issue, other than, a. That time that Hideo kind of clocked ah,
0: yes. in Kendrick,
2: and I think Noam, he got injured yeah, for a bit as well. Did, yeah. but they're kind of the only two. Oh no, Cedric was injured for a bit as well oh, right. early, early on. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mustafa's arm has worked so much his mouth starts bleeding. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's
0: always a good look. <laughs> and Ali just like, it's, it's great because it's it's like a 12 minute match and 10 of it is Ali being killed yep. and then the last like 90 seconds is just this crazy flurry. And I look like Vic Joseph, like, you know, really working there for to make him know to Joe that he is a real person. Who? And Vic Joseph.
1: Who's the commentator. He's,
0: he's like Michael Cole, but younger and sexier.
1: Mm, don't remember him.
0: I know you're. I know you're a coal miner, Joe. I know you're. You're big into the big MC. I'm just saying, Vic Joseph. Mm. He's the man for the future. VG. You, know? you want it? Yeah, VJ. You want to get Vic Joseph? Who? It's really strange. It's like one of those things that it's like one of those elements at the end of the periodic table that it can only exist for a few seconds before it's like it, it disappears. I can
1: literally look at him and forget him immediately. I like. I can be looking directly at his face and still not know who he is. Or why he's there. Why you'd
0: rather listen to Big Match Nigel McGuinness instead? No,
1: but at least I remember who <laughs> Nigel McGuinness is. And
0: why do you remember why Nigel McGuinness is? Well,
1: he's got this very annoying, boring voice, hasn't he? Talks <laughs> on and on like this.
0: Someday, on this podcast where I introduce Joanna to different wrestlers and concepts in wrestling, we will do an episode on Nigel McGuinness and that's all I'm going to say about that. But
2: he no. actually is the commentator on Twitter. I know, been, yeah.
0: yeah. He's a, and uh, I, I, maybe his skills as a commentator might be left some to be somewhat desired. But all I'm saying is he was a wrestler as well, and he could do magic tricks as well. Yeah, magic I mean, Yeah, he's a card enthusiast.
1: Maybe he should stick to them then.
0: He's probably doing them all the time and you just can't see it on the commentary <laughs> as well. Um, Ali hits his absurdly impossible finisher. This did not happen. It is unreal.
2: The 054, oh, which is a... a reverse 450. It's oh, the that's thing
0: I've ever seen. It's insane. Yeah, that, that was
2: actually a crowdsource. He put up on Twitter, What should I call this move? And someone replied, 054. And he was like, Yep, that's the name. That's though. brilliant. That's so cool.
0: It's like a really difficult move from Tony Hawk's that you have to mm. really know your bottom combo. He said he closes combo.
2: his eyes every time he does it.
0: Jeez, I hope not. <laughs> Fucking hell. Why did you mess up the move while well, I closed my eyes? Did you see where you were going? No, but I imagined it pretty hard. Well, you
1: can't see anything when you do it. I guess, you're, yeah. Deep of faith. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Fucking hell. Oh, that's
1: so scary. Every time he does it, I forget that's how the move works. And yeah. I think, why is he doing it wrong? It's backwards. Ah! <laughs> and
2: you know what I love so much about it? That's how Neville won his championship in NXT with the inverted oh shit Mm
0: -hmm. of course Neville can do the only other absurdly (laughs) impressive move that's out there so, yeah, I think this is a really, really clever thing, what they did here in this match. It's almost like they knew that the crowd weren't going to give him anything yeah. and they had all this time to fill. So they're like, you know what? Let's just work his arm the whole thing and then we will get 90 <laughs> seconds of a, of a WrestleMania reaction, which is what they do because you've got Vic Joseph standing up going, come on, Ali! Hey? You, uh, Vic Joseph, he's a VJ.
2: Yeah, sorry? He oh. was standing up, don't you remember? He right? was
0: going, Come on, Ali! Come on, Ali! And What's he was his name? Vic Joseph. He's a he's a very handsome Michael man. Michael Cole. No, no, oh, Vic no, I'm Joseph. Sorry, I'm
1: just hearing Michael Cole.
0: Vic Joseph. He looks like he would be a secondary antagonist in an early season of Mad Men.
1: Sorry, how is that different to Michael Cole? <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it's not Michael, Michael Cole? Michael Cole has
0: a soul patch thing going on sometimes, so mm-hmm. that, that couldn't be Mad Men. That's that's it. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> So the crowd pops huge, the uh, the the very, very skillful way to bore the crowd almost into <laughs> then being, yes, shit's happening. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah,
1: I loved this match. I gave it four stars out of five. I absolutely loved it. It's so nice as well to see the crowd finally getting into it, because I think... I'd have been so sad otherwise if this match had ended. And it I was think still... a lot of
2: 205 fans would probably be disappointed that this was one of the matches that I made you watch because I really? feel like something like a Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali has more punch. Mm. But I really wanted to show you of like, this is kind of like the the middle area yeah. era of 205 Live, mm. which is, you know, the crowd was a little more into it and the wrestling had improved. and But it still wasn't like... There's a point afterwards where suddenly all of the matches, they just... There was so much intensity. Mm.
0: Yeah, there's something about this. There's like a, an analogy I could draw with this period of 205 from the stuff we've watched. Where it's almost like the women's division just before we had the influx of NXT talent. When you had AJ, Lee and Caitlyn, yeah. It might have been just yeah. before you guys were, were watching a whole lot. But they were put into a little box, so to speak. But you could tell that they were making a story that was bigger than yeah. the writers have given them, yeah, you know, up, that's exactly you know? Right. and they're actually kind of. And I love when you can see the wrestlers who care enough that, like, right, you've not given us the time, but we're going to make it work in this match. And there's <laughs> so many little subtleties in this match. It's probably where Jack Gallagher does his handstand in the corner. He does a little cheeky yes. wave, you know, and then later on. Ali does that back and if you are a fan who's followed their whole friendship yeah. that means a lot. you know. What I
2: really love about the match is it kind of starts off with Jack doesn't really take Mustafa seriously and it looks like Mustafa doesn't want to fight him. He's mm. He seems very kind of back off-ish for a little bit and then Jack kind of gets under his skin and there's this moment where they're in the corner and Jack's like, they're trying to fight out of the, the corner and Jack does something that upsets Ali and Ali shoves Jack away and then Jack, sho- not he grabs the his side of his face and just like really kind of lacklusterly, just like shoves him back to the ropes and you can just see the heartbreak yeah. on Mustafa's mm. face that he's being treated
1: like just a, like under Jack's boot that the respect has gone yeah this was such a great story for this match and it's also one of those matches which is kind of like blink and you miss it like mm. you yeah cannot look away at any point or you will miss like an incredible move that you cannot believe has been done so perfectly
0: you know I think they WWE could hire you uh Justine to kind of go and do like uh you like George Lucas did the redux of the old Star Wars movies (laughs) because like obviously when this match first went out we kind of wanted there to be more of a crowd reaction a couple of do-backs in the background some CG and that and maybe we could just enhance these so it has the proper reactions that it deserves you know coming soon on Blu-ray and HD DVD Uh, next match is a pretty big one yep. from Uber Duper Showdown,
2: which I attended
0: all the way in Australia. I mean, if you didn't attend that, you would have probably got a lot of flack. <laughs> like you know. Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> well, actually, funny story about Super Showdown. I thought it was. I was so angry when they announced it because I was like, "How dare they come to Australia? Think they're gonna put on a show in the MCG? That's ridiculous. No one." Seventy
0: thousand seats, is it? It's.
2: I was like, "There's not. I mean, for me who works with promotions here, and I know how." hard it is uh it can be to sell tickets sometimes where the heck are we going to find 70,000 people <laughs> in Australia who like wrestling i thought it was madness
0: see this is wwe's very careful you don't you don't know the australia strategy the australia strategy is never go cuz uh, i i did a show recently which was uh, the wwa and it was in 2002 and bret hart was a part of it and he's like i've never been to australia before i'm like what you were like WWE for twenty fucking years, it <laughs> yeah. felt like. They never went. Ever. Yeah. So yeah, they starve you so much. And then you'll come and see Undertaker versus Triple H. well
2: that's the only. Re- and during Undertaker's entrance, I'm I'm not a I'm, you know I'm a recent fan, so I don't kind of understand the nostalgia of something like that. But while Undertaker's entrance was happening, I turned around and I looked at the crowd, and I realized that seventy thousand people were just there to see the Undertaker. Wow.
0: We will do an episode of the Undertaker, and we will endeavor to help people like you, Justine, and also <laughs> definitely Joe to understand. The nostalgia and mystique of of the dead man. I
1: just want to know how he's a dead man and a cowboy and a biker and a zombie and a... Was he a mortician or something? Oh, well, actually, very
0: interestingly, I got sent a graphic novel from uh, from some friends in Australia to explain just that. So I'm doing the required reading right now. (laughs) I will have all the answers. (laughs) So from Uber Duper Showdown Mm -hmm. in Australia, it's Buddy Murphy versus Cedric Alexander for the Cruiserweight Championship. Buddy Murphy is... ripped ripped Ripped. to shit
1: super super ripped
0: I can't unimagine him you know being in Blake and Murphy but this entrance (laughs) this match his reaction his look he has reinvented himself yeah Yeah,
1: he really has those pecs are ridiculous now
0: can I have a little they're like
1: two big dinner plates just (laughs) Rest my head on them, just like fall asleep on the massive pecs.
0: You think it's the nipple that's big? It's actually the areola that's big. That's how Buddy gets you. He sucks you in with the areola. Um Now I've got a, a little fun, fun question for you guys about Buddy Murphy. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever watch any of the videos that got leaked from the performance center when? They had all, you know, they do their promo classes. and It's basically like a little bit of improv Is classes, this when yeah. was,
2: there was the chair and it was the black background? Yeah, everyone has to sit down and they yeah. do a
0: scene. and You get to see a lot of early, like, kind of character work there. They did really interesting things. Like, it was Paige and Sasha and Bailey yes. did the shields. And it's like, you can tell, like, Regal and Dusty are just pitching these things for them to do. Uh, did you ever see Buddy Murphy's one? No, I haven't. Oh, it's really tragic. (laughs) Buddy Murphy comes out and he's like, Good day, mate. I'm Buddy Murphy. I've got a boomerang and a hat with corks on it. And then he takes it up, and goes, Or maybe I'm not a stereotype. Maybe I'm Buddy Murphy. Maybe I'm the kind of guy you don't know what I'm going to do. And everyone's like, oh, man, this is great. Maybe I'm the kind of guy who will go out there and destroy my opponents. Maybe I'll go home and kill my wife and children. Oh, my God. And then you can hear everyone go, oh, no, but...
2: Does he actually? He
0: does. He pretty much says, I will do the Chris Benoit thing and in a promo. And then it's like, all right, buddy, back to the PC oh to get more PC. <laughs> It's a bit of a tragic uh, choice. I mean, he was in the heat of improv, you know? that It happens, doesn't well, it? Was
2: Alexa there when this happened? And she's still... <laughs> I
0: hope not, like. man.
2: sense into her. God, she's hope, still engaged to him. I hope
0: she was busy with her miniature pink at the time and not seeing what was going on with with that. Goodness right?
2: gracious.
0: I think you can still find it, but only on those weird Russian uh, mirror YouTube sites. Mm, it is still yeah. out there. <laughs> Buddy Murphy's got heel trousers, hasn't he?
2: Oh, I hate them. (laughs) I refuse to stand
1: Buddy Murphy until he chops those ugly pieces of fabric off.
0: You're being worked, guys.
1: There's nothing that pisses me off in wrestling more than excess fabric. I don't like it. It's unnecessary. And within the world of kayfabe, it makes no sense. Because you would just grab onto it. You would use it to your advantage. It's the same with Becky Lynch's little cape that she had in NXT. It pissed me off then, and it pisses me off now.
0: So if I'm to give you... Uh, we're not going to dream book, but we could be uh, dream seamstresses, mm. or dreamstresses here at the moment. <laughs> who, who else would you taper in wrestling? Is there anyone?
1: I don't, I'm trying to think of anyone else that needs it.
0: Hmm. I not I just
1: generally think that wrestling is a, it's a skin tight industry
0: oh there's a the thing I know we disagree on and I'd love to you to weigh in Justine boots that have loads of tassels and shit on them like uh, Ultimate Warrior or, uh, or Shane Douglas or Tyler Breeze yeah I think I, they're I'm silly i no why, why are they silly mm.
1: Because it's just—it's the same thing. It's excess fabric. It makes no sense. You tie Why together with w- would you ever have an MMA fighter with uh, tassels on his boots? Well, Tyler Breeze is not an MMA fighter. That's fashionista. He's, true. Just He's That's too true. pretty
0: for MMA. <laughs> <laughs> they don't deserve him, quite frankly. I,
1: it doesn't bother me with people like Tyler Breeze. I think it's yeah. If it's if the character is right, yeah. then I I allow it at least, even if it's not my thing.
0: I felt like, this is weird, right? Because I know you're, you're uh, 205 Live's mom and all that. So I don't really feel like I, I could be proud of these guys. But So I at least could pitch that Joe and I could be the fun aunt and uncle of 205 <laughs> Live. Who come around you know, once a month yeah. with a fun gift. like. Um, but I felt very proud of them to get this electric atmosphere oh, that they so will. richly deserve. Yes. It was like WrestleMania times 100. Yeah. Except there was was... no Ronda Rousey promo in the middle.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It was the first uh, Cruiserweight match that was on the main card of a pay-per-view for well over a year. Because Neville and Austin Aries at WrestleMania 33
0: that was on the pre-show that as well. That was also on the pre-show. Because the, the crowd was empty, I remember. They, they hadn't even caught I think it,
2: it must have been like April 2017 was the last time.
0: I remember they did a thing on one of the Survivor Series where Kendrick defended against Callisto. Oh, yeah. And it was like whoever won, it would the division would, would move to SmackDown or Raw. Oh, yeah, I do remember that and I, I remember like being really excited thinking oh because Daniel Bryan and Kendrick they're going to do a thing where oh no oh, yeah. and they didn't they just kept it on raw like yeah. get your four minutes on a three hour show guys That's
1: disappointing um, <laughs> Cedric Alexander I just want to quickly say is wearing some very nice entrance gear to come, come out it's, it's very shiny very is. reflective they yep. poured him into that didn't they yep. I, I yeah I like any any entrance gear with panelling mm-hmm. or gold mm-hmm. or skin tight like liquid latex not enough to liquid to...
0: latex in wrestling is there I'm
1: I mean, I understand why it's impractical, but still, I, I appreciate the look.
0: I like Michael Coe very passionately putting over Buddy Murphy as being a big deal. Buddy Murphy, this guy, he bungees, he rock climbs, he swims with whales, he knows what it's like to live on the edge. <laughs> is, swimming with a whale is like what? something they would do if you had like a nervous breakdown. Like, it's goes, cool, you know, calm down, have a holiday, swim with whales, like living a life on the edge. Do you hear what this whale is saying, man? it's fucking crazy man
2: (laughs) he's crazy i wish that was his character i was saying before i hate that buddy murphy's entire character is angry and australian i Mm. wish he was a whale swimmer swimmer
0: he also rock climbs there's a lot of character there he
2: could abseil you know yeah there's a lot of options
0: (laughs) there is a kind of a certain style that they're going for here which is definitely unique And different from a lot of the cruiserweight stuff you would have seen back in the earlier days. Yes. Where it's much more close quarters almost. Yeah. Uh, CQC as they would call it in Metal Gear, where they're doing these like very short slams and like you know, don't run against the ropes, he'll run and do a little pivot and the spin around. Joe, you often talk about the crossover with dance mm. and wrestling, mm-hmm. would you be casting Buddy Murphy and Cedric in a, in a production of Cats?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Buddy Murphy, I think he could play Rum Tum Tugger. Yeah, it means nothing to you, does it? Maybe Rum Tugger
0: is the type of cat who'll go home and murder his kittens. Three you know?
1: times I've tried to get Kevin to watch Cats, and every time he got bored halfway through. <laughs> Pathetic.
0: It's funny, I thought, like, no, it's twice. It's like, no, there could have been a third. Don't, yeah. don't dispute this, you'll yeah. have to watch it a third time. <laughs>
1: Someday I'm going to show you the end of Cats and you'll finally understand the story.
0: I'll understand. Oh, listen. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? You will understand the story (laughs) because everyone who's watched Cats to the end has understood what's going on. If you pay
1: attention... Yes.
0: Okay. So is uh, Cedric Alexander a jellical cat then? Is it or what's some Cedric shit? Cedric
1: Alexander. Hmm. He would definitely be a jellical cat. I'm trying to think of some other cats' names that I know. <laughs> so I, I, I think, think all cats
0: are gelical cats, but that's just me. You know. <laughs> There's a crazy Michinoku driver off the tippy oh. of top by Cedric Alexander. Like this is the type of stuff it's that. High. Yeah. If I saw my friends playing with the toys like that, I would be like, "Come on, do it right. Stop." <laughs> Stop that one. You
2: can't do a Michinoku driver off the top rope. No. Because
0: if Michinoku wouldn't do it, no one should do it. It's disrespectful.
2: <laughs> and you can see the entire canvas just dips. Yes. Shakes.
0: <laughs> they keep teasing. and I love it because he's the hometown boy, but they keep teasing that like Murphy's going to win it. like Boom. like With one move out of nowhere. Yeah. And, like, and Cedric keeps kicking out. Which leads to Cedric's absurd flurry and frenzy of offense with all these high-impact moves... And he hits his very fabulous finisher, the Lombard Shack. Which now, has
2: never been kicked out of, ooh, that's ever, a in WWE. storyline there. Yeah.
0: Like, that's how you know that 205 is getting character development, when you can yeah. have someone's finisher not get kicked out of for a year. You know what they did with Brock Lesnar? He, he went a whole year, no one kicked out of the F5, and then Roman did, and no one even noticed. Wow. <laughs> I know. I <laughs> but everyone
2: in Australia
0: noticed. Yes, absolutely. You could hear <laughs> the them in pop. Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> That's in Australia, right?
2: It, correct, and it is quite far away from Well Melbourne.
0: done. That, that's, oh, what a very good geography oh. there. So I, I thought <laughs> well I may have accidentally named somewhere from the Haitian New <laughs> Zealand. You guys hate each other, right? Uh,
2: Australia and New Zealand?
0: Well, you're two countries that are that are quite similar with a shared history. I know that Kiwis so I assume... hate being
2: called Australians, ah. mm.
0: but I
1: think the Kiwis are quite nice people, two
0: people. Mm. Well, see, that, see, we hate being called English in Ireland, mm. so maybe mm. Ireland and New Zealand? have well, got a lot more you've got enough
1: in. internal conflict with Sydney versus Melbourne I think you yeah. don't even need to bring other countries the so most <laughs> hilarious
2: thing is that Melbournians hate Sydney ciders, and everyone from Sydney loves Melbourne
0: Sydney side sounds like some sort of like poison or, or something egg. like that
1: or egg or egg <laughs> Sydney side egg it's that nice Sydney side brunch
0: yeah it sounds oh. good Just with smashed avocado <laughs> oh no we've revealed ourselves as millennials <laughs> <laughs> the crazy finish from Buddy Murphy which I wrote down here was the crazy spitty cradle DDT now I didn't know the name so I gave him a few there was the Doom and then the doomerang, the doomerang I didn't realise right? that most of them are related to doom uh, <laughs> but he's got an even better name than that hasn't it's it?
2: called Murphy's Law such a good Ooh. name
0: God, they've got good names on 205, mm. right? Haven't they? It's mm. fantastic. So Buddy Murphy wins a frantic, incredible match. Which... And the crowd everyone's oh, on
2: their feet. Yeah.
0: Definitely the best match on that show, I heard. Yeah. What was it like to be there live and experience that? I mean, that's the first time they get an Australian competitor has won a belt in, in <laughs> yeah, I know. yet alone in a hometown. <laughs>
2: ever. <laughs> Fucking hell. So originally I was supposed to be sitting in the nodes bleeds. And I had that because I was. As I said, I was furious that this was happening. So my protest was that I was going to buy the cheapest tickets and get so pissed drunk that I was not going to remember the show. Uh, Turn your back
0: on Triple H. (laughs) So
2: I actually know Xavier Woods. Xavier was like, oh, do you have tickets? I'm like, oh, I bought tickets. He's like, I'll get you better tickets. And he was like, if I get you better tickets, will you ditch your friends? I'm like, hell yeah, I will.
0: <laughs> you didn't sell it. You bought into the evolution yes. of pasta sauce. That's what happened there.
2: And not only were the tickets great tickets, I was on the arena floor in like the third section back. So I was probably around 50 meters away from the ring. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And there was points... Because the MCG is gigantic. It's a legit stadium. It's where we hold the AFL Grand Finals and the cricket. I could hear four different chants happening around me. Wow. Because everyone's so far away that, you know, one section will start some kind of chant. But because it all kind of, like... The I guess the acoustics it all kind of like curves down. I could hear different chants just like around me. Well, like
0: let's go Sydney, Sydney. So
2: <laughs> no one in there was going let's go Sydney. And all the, the, the
0: young fans all cheer for Sydney. They think it's a great vibrant city. But the older traditional fans, more of Melbourne style, they like. Joe, what do you think of this one?
1: I loved this match again. It was so so good and great to see the the crowd loving every second of it. This is what every two hundred five match should be responded with i think this mm. kind of it was energy hot.
2: and i realized that i got very emotional the next day because when i was really kind of reflecting back on my time during the show i realized that one this is probably the hottest a crowd will ever be for a 205 live match yeah i was grateful that i got to see the lumbar check get kicked out of because that's such a big moment and Finishes like that very rarely get kicked out of. That's why your 205
0: is definitely its own little, like, kind of hothouse environment where it's doing its own thing, because that never happens in wrestling Mm -hmm. anymore. And
2: also, Cedric had been holding the title since WrestleMania, so the fact that I got to be there for a title change for me to be someone who very much loves this show and it's such a kind of pinnacle moment of the end of one era and the start of a new one, I was very grateful that I got
0: to be there for this match. Joe, what was your star rating for this one?
1: I gave it four stars out of five, again, I really liked it.
0: So, have you been sold on 205 or five lives, Joe? Mm. Do you think?
1: I think so. Yeah, I'd love to see some of what like, the storylines are at the moment. Sort of be able to keep up to date with it because that's always what's going to keep me watching is is the ongoing week to week storylines mm. with all the different characters. And
0: if it's an hour, that's the thing. It has a, that kind of. That's something that we've learned obviously here, which is it does have that week to week narrative, and it's mm. an hour show. Easy yes. to suggest it's got that going for it, much like NXT does. And something that definitely my eyes were opened a lot, particularly with this match here and seeing a lot of um, Buddy Murphy stuff recently, is that if you are like myself who thinks, oh, it's just what they're doing on the main roster, but with different guys, because, like, you know, Seth does this style or yes. Kevin Owens does a style. It's not. They have evolved the style. The yes. stuff that Buddy Murphy was doing in this match with Cedric It is very different. It has changed very much for the better, and they have made it unique. And it's been a long road, but they're definitely getting there. I was going to ask you, Justine, if you want, for a better 205 Live, (laughs) what were the things that you want to see happen? Do you want to see tag belts? Is it more shows? Do you want to see pay-per-views? How can 205 Live maybe get to the next level?
2: I would love to see a trios tournament. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cuz I think there's a lot of kind of like uh you know three-way kind of matchups that they could do. Yeah. I don't I don't think I'd want to see a belt. I think because the roster isn't big enough for more belts but I would like to see more kind of like one-off little tournaments that they could do within the show Mm. where they win something right or you know you know what I I came up with this idea ages ago which is like they could win like a coupon to wrestle anyone they want on the main roster
0: Mm. I love it's a coupon not a contract Drake's cutting them out in the office
1: (laughs) so Justine People, obviously, hopefully, listening to this will want to give 205 Live a proper chance. Mm-hmm. If they enjoyed hearing you on this episode, where can they find you and what are you doing right now? So, you can find me
2: pretty much everywhere online at Pasta Saucer and mainly on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram is where I post my fan art. So if you're interested in seeing slicked up oily wrestlers drawn in a very feminine style. You've got
0: some fans on the roster, I believe. Have you of that art?
2: I've been trying to collect all the 205 boys on my Instagram. (laughs) I have quite a few of them following me there. Gotta catch them all. (laughs) A friend of mine wanted to draw me with uh, Pokeballs with (laughs) catch So accurate. (laughs) And also I work for a indie wrestling promotion in Melbourne called Underworld Wrestling. So you can find us everywhere on social media at UW Fight Club or at underworldwrestling.com. We are on Pivot Share and Amazon. So if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, you can watch us for free in all English speaking countries. Spanish-speaking countries, and French-speaking countries.
0: Wow, dear serious, good spread of countries there. (laughs) Justine, thank you so much for coming and making the case for 205 Live. I hope
2: people give it another go if they dropped it or if they have never heard about it before. I
0: I think there's definitely... It's more the latter than the former. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people just slept on it entirely. And I think it's a show that definitely... Could be a bit of a palate cleanser because I know the main show can be quite a slog.
1: And intimidating. And very
0: intimidating. An easy hour. I mean, I would definitely say, I've said this Mm. about NXT, this would be a great entryway if you want to get into wrestling Surely. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, Justine, thank you so much for coming on. And folks, make sure you check out Justine and all of her social as mentioned. But now it's time to get into what you think about 205 Live and get into some of your tweets and your Facebook posts. And we're back. Big shout out once again to Justine, a.k.a. Pasta Salsa, for her insight, her expertise, and much-needed passion on the subject of 205 Live. And I hope, like us, you've decided to give it another chance and hear her out because it is a great brand and very, very easily and often overlooked in this very big, busy world of wrestling that we have today. Joe, we got some tweets, I believe, from some of the folks over tweeting us at... How to wrestling? Well, what was the hashtag that they were using? That in the end, you're
1: gonna make me say it again.
0: I am. You said it with such um, a plum earlier. You said it with such passion. <laughs> I thought maybe we could get one more. What is the the hashtag officially on this one?
1: How to o five live.
0: So uh, mm. just so you know, everyone, I am two and o so far in uh, the the current twelve month period of. Of votes. I am undefeated, even though I probably will be defeated in other votes in the future. I'm sorry, Joe, how 2205 live was simply too confusing for the masses.
1: Fine, fair enough.
0: <laughs> you stand by your guns, I'm sure. I do. <laughs> right, so what are some of the tweets that we've gotten then?
1: First up from Pierre Luc. I enjoy every championship match I saw on pay-per-view, but I'm jealous of the people who have enough time to catch up with another wrestling TV show.
0: Mm, I think it's a very, very good point there that if you are someone who is watching all of Raw, all of SmackDown and all of NXT, then perhaps another hour is too much. Might I suggest to those people one of those condensed packages. Joe and I, we watch this thing. It's like we're prime ministers who have to uh, be told what people watch, you know, like in the thick of it. You've got the Zeitgeist Briefed
1: in the taxi on the way there.
0: Yeah, there's a 24-minute condensed version of Raw usually that people pop up on YouTube. Mm. And I can only wholeheartedly recommend, if you get your main show viewing down to like a tight hour, you don't miss much.
1: No, and you know with, with Raw and SmackDown, there's always a lot of excess... That doesn't need to be there. Yeah, because
0: there's ads. There's ad breaks. There's so ads, yeah,
1: Yeah. There's unnecessary editing.
0: And if there's any like truly fabulous matches, you'll find out anyway. And yeah. you've got to watch them anyway. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, as a good reel, to make room for some 205, uh, maybe cut down on some of the faff of those big boy shows.
1: This one next from The Best Elizondo. I watch 205 when I can because it's genuinely great. But the few factors keeping me from seeing it every week is that there is just not enough time in a week for it. The crowd is usually dead or disrespectful and there's not that much story. So it often becomes NXT light.
0: Mm, All I would say on that front is, you know, if you were hearing there are people out there, there is a passionate 205 Live fan base out there. And I would say even just keep your ear to the ground. Like make sure you're following the likes of Justine and whatnot. Because they'll let you know if there is a, a killer angle or a great match and... Oftentimes the most fun things in 205 Live seems to be the stuff that the guys are doing themselves outside of the show. Yeah, absolutely. So a hard recommendation for an Instagram follow for the likes of (laughs) Mustafa Ali, uh, Drake Maverick and Buddy Murphy et al.,
1: Next from RBX2000. For me right now, it's the best show WWE produces. Simple stories, excellent wrestlers, only an hour long. It's a testament to how much better wrestling is the less influence Vincent Kennedy McMahon
0: has over it. Uh-huh. Do you think, Joe, we could do like a... Because it's January in 2019 when we've uh, released this. Do you think we could go for a little bit of Vince McMahon detox almost? Like, just watch 205 Live, get all the poison out of (laughs) her (laughs) veins.
1: Next, from Huggy Dave. It's the only WWE show I will keep up with without fail. Often breathtaking, occasionally bafflingly inane during the Enzo era, but always fascinating and full of incredible talent.
0: Yeah, I would say, and this this is coming from us who... That Enzo Amore can send us into like kind of a a, hate spiral yeah hate spiral sometimes Mm. I'm exhausted about about hate and Enzo Amore so if I never have to talk about him again I'll be very very happy about that don't let that stinky cloud ruin what is a great show hey over on facebook.com slash how to wrestling we've got some more of your long form answers first up coming here from David Perez this made me laugh quite a lot Finally, a show about live shows in 2005. <laughs> Quincy Rich here as well saying, hands down, it has to be Drew Gulag. He plays his character perfectly. Cedric Alexander is close too. Now, this is an interesting one, Joe, because, you know, Mick Foley was a great entryway point, you said, when you're getting into, uh, into wrestling. Yeah. I think Drew Gulag, if you can find some of the compilations of his funniest moments.
1: He did all the PowerPoint presentation stuff, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Which, to this day, is one of my favourite things that's ever happened in... In or outside of wrestling.
0: It's so fucking great. It's so great. PowerPoint. PowerPoint. I'm, I'm PowerPointing as I say that.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying it's a matter of time now until we have a wrestler whose gimmick is that they're really good at Excel.
0: <laughs> Conrad Leighton here saying, allow me to start presenting my 156 slide PowerPoint on why 205 Live is excellent. One, no jumps off the top rope. Two, all chants are banned. Three, <laughs> gets hit by highly flying head scissors to the outside. Ryan Palmer here, an underrated show full of gifted athletes does has the misfortune to play out in front of an unappreciated and bored fans. Ever since Drake Maverick came along, Buddy Murphy has put on five-star matches with Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander and has been one of the best shows on the network. Here's the thing. I don't think this show is ever going to get out of that rush and ever get out of that spot of being in front of the dead crowd unless people start to support it. You know, So if you are someone there who likes it, you're going to have to make a bit of noise about it because it's only going to be able to get any sort of an upward trajectory if it gets its own... You know its own shows mm. that are taped footage of the crowds have come to see them. I know they had a live event series that came out, but it was just around the time Enzo got got kicked out. I don't know I'd like to see them maybe do some stuff with nXt like instead of just always being with the main roster think that crowd might appreciate them a little bit more. Yeah
1: absolutely yeah the, the Smackdown crowd after they've watched a very long live show it's it's not the best for the no. 205 live roster.
0: And the one thing I will say about it though and this seems like I'm trying to make lemonade here and I am but lemonade is delicious and it can be good for you because citric acid is, is I'm sure is healthy it's sour it's got to be good right. I
1: don't know where you read that.
0: <laughs> but but if that crowd ever does wake up and it did in a few of those matches that we watch occasionally when they wake up it is special because Mm. you know they've had to do something to really fucking you know they've already seen big match randy orton like you really have to impress them to get him out of their chairs again and they often do you know they work their asses off on that show uh joe we've got a very exciting new episode coming up do you want to tell the fans who we're going to be delving into in our next episodes
1: oh my god i'm so excited about this If partly because it's someone who I've seen a bit of and I absolutely loved. Secondly, the artwork is so beautiful. It's my favourite artwork we've had the whole time we've been doing this show. And I've been so desperate to upload it and be so proud of it and show everyone. And I've been having to not do that because I don't want to do it until we announced it Mm -hmm. as an episode. It's how to...
0: Tajiri oh my god I am so excited for this I
1: love Tajiri I'm so happy I get to watch like a bunch of his matches now do I get to see young Tajiri you're gonna get to
0: see young Tajiri who Look- looks
1: exactly the same except he looks like
0: he could have moonlighted in the Beatles at the same time oh! as well Tajiri the Japanese buzzsaw someone who captivated me as a youngster and obviously talking here about 205 Live uh, Joe got to see a bit of Tajiri in the Cruiserweight Classic and when we were talking about William Regal he popped up a a few times as well so Joe is going to get to find out all about the backstory of Tajiri not just his fun interactions with William Regal and Stone Cold Steve Austin of whom he is a confident we're going to go back in time to some of his matches in Japan some of his absolute genre changing matches in ECW some of the three way dances I think are going to make you fall in love with wrestling on a whole other fucking level oh
1: my god
0: so yeah actually trying to get this down to a list of matches because I just want to do like three triple threats from ECW and I'm pretty sure I'm not allowed to do that so we need your match recommendations we need your segment recommendations because he is a man who has had some absurdly funny backstage goofs and stories and I would love to find out more from what folks have got to uh, to chime in with and a little bit about the man's history if you know anything about Tajiri, he is someone who kind of you know came for a brief period in WWE then he kind of disappeared and I don't know, like, I was very sad in our third season of the Out of podcast where he's a, a big part of it not you know, leaving that behind now so I'm kind of want this to be my big Tajiri hug to tie me over <laughs> for the next year <laughs> so we are after matches your thoughts your recommendations for segments and don't spray anyone with green mist please in the meantime I'm pretty sure that is illegal use the hashtag howtotajiri to let us know all your thoughts on the Japanese buzzsaw and quite frankly one of the most successful Japanese wrestlers in America of all time I'm very excited Joe e-
1: I'm so excited.
0: Do you know what? What do you know about him already, other than him being William Regal's boy?
1: I know he was William Regal's boy. I know he hasn't aged. Um, <laughs> I know he looks really cute. Um, and I know he sprays green mist.
0: Yes. At so, people. if anyone can give us a physiological reason as to why Tajiri can re- produce mist of a green color and others. Do let us know.
1: He walks around like a cat. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's officially everything I know about him.
0: Okay, well, let's fill in the gaps next time. Big shout out once again to Justine and all of you lovely fans for chiming in with How 205 Live. Until next time, when we're going to be talking about Tajiri, uh, it's going to be a goodbye from me, Kevin.
1: And a goodbye from me, Joe.
0: And we'll see you next time on How to Wrestling.
1: See ya.